You're listening to a Crossroads original podcast. Welcome to the 100 Huntley Street Podcast. My name is Laura Watson and I am your host today. I'm so thankful you are tuning in and I really want you to trust that if you are listening right now, this is part of God's plan for your day and for your life because there is so much inspiration to come. Well, you know, in today's podcast episode, we're going to be talking about two different stories, the story of Natasha and the story of Olga. Both of these stories are so inspiring. Now, both women uh, are from Ukraine and have incredible uh, journeys and experiences of hardship and difficulty, but God moving in miraculous ways and um, incredible um, levels of trust in who God is and what He can do in someone's life. And this is what both of these women exemplify. You know, uh, of course, so many of us know that on February 21st, 2022, uh, the war broke out in Ukraine and everything changed that day for people in Ukraine. And one of the things that I love is that uh, Canada has the third largest Ukrainian population in the world, just after Ukraine and Russia. So we have over 1.2 million Ukrainians here living in Canada who have become our neighbors and citizens, and this is their adopted land and their homeland. And I just love uh, having them here with us in Canada. But it hasn't been an easy journey. And uh, so many people from Ukraine, especially in the last couple of years, who have had to flee due to the war, have had uh, such levels of challenge and difficulty. And that is what is going to be touched on in both of our stories today. But there are so many other points to these stories. Natasha is going to be our first story for you. And she has an incredible story of resilience and strength and um, terrible tragedy and struggle, but then God breaking through in the darkest of moments and her whole life changing. So I'm really thrilled you're going to be tuning in. I know you're going to be inspired and um, thankful that God has you listening for this very moment because he has so much to share with you, with your heart, your mind, and your spirit. Well, take a listen in in just a moment. On February 21st, 2022, millions of Ukrainians awoke to the sounds of explosions and the somber news that war with Russia was a reality. As millions eventually fled, those with physical disabilities had to rely on the help of aid organizations to map out their best exit strategy. Natasha was one of those people. So it was early in the morning, and I just woke up, and I hear the sound of bombs. It was very loud, and you can feel it. It was very scary. I started to call all my friends. And everyone told me, it's war. Natasha then called the one friend she knew could help her. I called Edu and asked him 
I called Ed and asked him for help, and he and his friends really helped us. I wanted to wait because I don't want to leave Ukraine. But Ed told me that, Natasha, if you really want to change your life, here is your chance. Natasha's friendship with Ed Dixon began many years ago when she was a young girl in an orphanage. What were conditions like at the orphanage when you were growing up there? It was different. We told ourselves that no one needs us. We want to spend time with people, but they don't want to. Of course, there were some days people came to visit us trying to help, but after they left, they forgot about us. They were not interested in our lives. They just brought some presents, and that's all. So Ed, tell me about the day that you met Natasha for the first time in 1996. Meeting her was, uh, you know, in the beginning, when you see someone, they have no use of their arms and legs, and she was being pulled around with a rope on a little platform. Um, it's devastating, and, and, you know, she was abandoned by her parents. Her parents just didn't want her because of her uh, special needs, and we found out that the neighbors around that orphanage. There were apartment buildings there, and they, they could see, you know, all these children with special needs, and they called it the place that God forgot. I'll never forget, I looked up into the sky, and I'm just kind of asking God, God, what, what is going on? Like, why would you allow something like this? And, and all of a sudden, I saw this, like, like a raindrop that just came down, and it just hit me right on my face as I was standing there. And suddenly I realized it was, it was almost like a teardrop had fallen from God's eyes. And I realized that God wanted to change that place. It was his desire to completely change that orphanage and change the lives of those children. And that was everything for me, changed change my life. For Ed, it meant dedicating his life to meeting the practical needs of those less fortunate in Ukraine through a ministry he started called Loads of Love. For Natasha, it meant finding her purpose in life. So we told her, you, you did not come to this earth from your parents. You came through your parents, from God. God sent you here. And if God sent you here, he has a purpose and a plan for your life. Even though it was difficult for us at the time, you know, to see that, we just genuinely believed that you know, God has a plan for every person, no matter what their situation. Natasha soon discovered her purpose after being introduced to art at the orphanage. When I started drawing, I thought that I need to do this because it will lead to my successful future. We started to see what she was painting and it was like, it was like, what? Like, I could not do that with my hands, with my fingers, with a brush in my hands, uh, like she was doing. And uh, we realized that, you know, God had given her a special gift. It gives me self-confidence that my art can allow people to see kindness and love. 
I'm proud of myself. Now, you've known Natasha since she was 10. What kind of changes have you seen in her over the years? Phenomenal changes. I think uh, if even myself, you know, she would very often say to me, like, like, uh, like she said, even just before the war started, she said, I'm, I'm going to be in North America in a beautiful apartment. And I'm kind of like, uh, I'm not sure how that would happen. Like, like inside, I'm thinking like, there's probably not a big chance of that happening in your life. But I want to believe what you believe. I want to believe that God could do anything. So I would always be like, wow, you're, you're just amazing. Natasha's incredible dream of living in a beautiful apartment in North America started to come true once she made the hard decision to leave Ukraine. We heard that the Canadian government was opening the doors to Ukrainians coming in. So if you think about all the logistics of that, it's, it's pretty, um, uh, it just becomes really difficult to plan all those things and think about where are these kids going to live, where, you know, how are they going to work, how are they going to survive, all those things. But, but um, that strong faith in her allowed me to believe that maybe God would take care of everything. When they came to Canada... One of Ed's first calls for help was to his good friend, Pastor Tim Gibb. So I'm actually in my office, sitting at my computer, typing an email out to a whole list of potential host homes and city leaders, just anticipating some of the Ukrainians that are coming. And as I'm writing that email, I receive an email from Ed Dixon. And he says to his network, hey, uh, he put it out to all his friends in Canada. Hey, I have this young lady. She has a real challenge physically with her disability. Uh, but if anybody knows anyone that could receive her, um, you know, please, we, we're looking for some help for her to come to Canada. I added it to my email, put it out there, and sure, within 24 hours, I get a call from Vision Nursing Home that actually recently just constructed a brand new apartment building, and uh, they said, we saw your email, we want to receive Natasha, we have all the supports that she'll need, we'll give her an apartment free for a whole year, and uh, we'd love to receive her. And so I said, great, we booked the flight, and like four days later, she was here in Sarnia. Like, I mean, within a week, it all fell into place. It was, it was actually miraculous. While Natasha has had many miracles in her life and her faith in God has grown, it wasn't always that way, especially as a child. I resented God and hated him because people who were around me told me you're a loser. You can't do anything. But when I met Ed, I made small steps, and I saw that God makes big miracles for everyone. And I thought, wow, he's really good. I know what I need, and I asked God, and he has given me everything that I've asked him for. I really feel just extremely thankful that I'm a part of her life because she inspires me. I, I think she inspires me and helps me way more than I help her. I see goals, but I don't see barriers. When you start to think, oh, maybe I can't do that, 
No, you can. You need to believe that you can do that. You need to believe God and that you can trust in Him. And everything will be good. Natasha's story is riveting when you think about what she went through as she was fleeing and trying to get to safety. Her whole journey from a young age when she was 10 years old and meeting Ed and God beginning to work in her life and learning to paint. You know, one of the things that uh, you don't see because you're listening is the artwork that Natasha creates. And also, you know, you don't see the extent of her physical uh, challenges. And so Natasha doesn't have the use of uh, her arms like we would. And, and there are so many different limitations and her limbs have been impacted um, by her special needs and her physical challenges. And so she paints with her mouth and these paintings are so beautiful. We have one in our makeup room, actually at 100 Huntley Street, just sitting there reminding us of what God can do um, when we help each other, when we share his love with one another, and when we open our hearts to letting him move and choosing to trust him, even in the most challenging of times. You know, you think about Natasha's story, um, growing up and being abandoned, being alone, having a very serious um, disability and limitation physically, and then wondering where God is, wondering what he's doing. Is he even there? And then people moving in her life and her knowing who to reach out to and who can help her and now here safely in Canada so quickly. All the things God has done in Natasha's life are incredible. It's a story of rescue and redemption. And can I tell you right now that that's the story God wants to write in your life? I don't know where you are in this moment. You may be completely alone in a room. You may be alone in life and have no support and feel like no one can hear your prayers and no one can rescue you from the deep pit that you are in. But I want to tell you that God sees you and God can hear you and God is with you in this very moment. I want to tell you that you are listening to this podcast for a reason. And I want to know if I can pray with you right now to encourage you. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for this dear one listening to this broadcast. I thank you, God, that this is, this is not a coincidence, that this is a divine plan. God, I ask that you would fill the very room where they are, wherever they feel alone. God, in wherever they are sitting alone, Lord, if there's abandonment, God, if there's pain, if there's suffering, God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and comfort them. Lord God, we thank you that you would move in mighty ways, that you would bring people around them to care for them and love them and rescue them. God, we thank you that you would even bring angels around them to guard them and protect them. Father, we ask that wherever they may find themselves, whether they continue to be in a country where there is war, whether they are in Ukraine or they are in another part of the world or here in Canada, that you would deliver them, you would meet their needs, and God, you would show them how much you love them, that just like Natasha, you see them and you treasure them. And Lord, we thank you for your powerful presence over our listeners. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If that prayer impacted you and encouraged you, can I please encourage you to call our prayer partners? They are available to you 24 hours a day, 
seven days a week, and you can call from anywhere in the world. Call 1-866-273-4444. Our prayer partners will sit and listen to you. They will care for you and show you the love of God and share truth from the Bible with you that will strengthen you in every part of your being. And they will pray with you and believe with you for God to move in your life. One of the things that we see a lot here on our prayer lines are people calling in for years as they go through a difficult journey. We have people who've called in throughout their entire cancer journeys, and they have been healed. We have people who have called in throughout uh, divorces, and yet their marriages has, have then been reconciled later on, and even people getting remarried. There are so many stories of people um, receiving prayer from our prayer partners, praying with them, and God moving. So just remember, we're always there. We are a resource for you. And most of all, remember that God loves you. If I could share a Bible verse right now with you, if you are feeling weakened and alone, here it is. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you and he will never leave you or forsake you. God loves you so much and you are not alone. God sees you. He is with you. He is moving. Stay close to him. Read your Bible. Stay connected. Call our prayer partners. Again, it's 1-866-273-4444. Well, in just a moment, we're going to hear Olga's inspiring story. So stay with us. Much of the world watched in horror on February 24th as Russia invaded Ukraine. No more than my guest today who had already fled the Donbass region of Ukraine in 2014 when Russian proxies attacked. Now she's on the run again. Olga, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you for, uh, Cheryl, thank you for inviting me here. Thank you to Canada. Thank you to everyone who is interested in Ukraine and invited me here. Our hearts have been so broken by what's happening in Ukraine, and we are so glad that you are safe. I, I want to start by talking about what happened in 2014 when you were living in the Donbass region. What was happening? Everything started in 2014 when Russia occupied Crimea. After that, they had a referendum in uh, Crimea to join Russia, and all of this uh, occupation moved to Donbass. And in 2014, I moved from Donbass to Kiev. I found a job there. And eight years later, Russia didn't uh, give up the attempts to occupy Ukraine again. So when you were living in Kyiv, what was it like trying to rebuild your life there? It was difficult at the beginning because I had to start all over again to live, to find a place to live, because it wasn't just me, there were another uh, 1.5 million others uh, in, in the same situation as I was. And we were, uh, in Ukraine, we were considered to be internally dislocated people. What was it like for you the day Russia invaded Ukraine on February 24th? I woke up in the morning and getting ready uh, to go to work. I get up early. My uh, apartment is close in, in Kiev, is close to the um, northwest. I heard the sounds as if someone was shooting from tanks. 
Ну, и, конечно, я... Of course, I was very nervous. And then my uh, relatives from Canada started calling me. And in your news, in Canadian news, it was already announced that Russia attacked Ukraine. But I, I, I heard it, I realized that when I heard the sounds. These were kind of explosions. This is how I found out. You stayed for weeks in Kyiv. What were those weeks like? Uh, I already had the experience from Donbass. I moved to live in the hallway. Because it's safe, safe there. The rule of two walls is uh, working there. If missile hits the building, it's uh, safer to hide between uh, two uh, cement walls. Then you won't, uh, you won't be hurt. The, that's a method I used in, in Donetsk, in my apartment. The, there was a possibility for the rocket uh, hitting my apartment because my uh, windows were facing that direction. And I lived on the 11th floor. That's why it was scary. And my other son, who is here in Canada, he's an engineer, he told me, Mommy, if, if the rocket hits that apartment building, it would, be, it would collapse in no time. That's how I lived for two weeks in the hallways. What did you pray during this time? I, tried, I prayed a lot. I prayed for more Russians would understand the, what they are doing in Ukraine. I prayed that our soldiers would protect themselves as best as possible. The rockets that they were aimed uh, to peaceful cities, they would not hit the target. I prayed that our people would stay strong and brave. You eventually made the decision to go on the run again and leave Ukraine. How hard was that decision and why did you make it? It was a very difficult decision. My relatives in Canada were telling me constantly to leave the country and come here. But I was hoping for for best. There are many um, nuclear stations in Ukraine. The nearest to Kiev is Chernobyl station, if you know. Russians captured that nuclear station and there were many explosions around it. And, and that's, that's what made me decide that it's time to leave. Tell me about the journey out of Ukraine to Canada. Uh, now I can talk about it, but at that time I, I didn't even know how it's possible because millions of people were fleeing. I came to the train station in Kiev and caught the first train that was going towards Lviv. That's a different notion of uh, train when we talk about train. There were no seats there. Everyone was standing in the train very tightly. Uh, it was packed. 
And that's how we traveled towards uh, Lviv for 10 hours standing. There were small kids, elderly, even newborn ones. Everyone was standing. There was no way for anyone to sit. There are no stops, no train stops. You can't get out. Nobody fed us. We didn't have water to drink. People had panic attacks, heart attacks, and that's how we traveled. Uh, we got to leave and uh, volunteers uh, met us there, and my son met me there, uh, helped me to find a car to bring me to the border of Poland. So I was crossing the border to go to Poland, and Pol Poland uh, received us all and welcomed and supplied all our needs. How hard was it to say goodbye to your son who couldn't leave Ukraine? <laughs> this is not the case in our uh, family to uh, cry, but it was very hard. He, because he was staying in a country that was at war. What is the situation with your son? You're, he's 33, he's still in Ukraine, he's training right now. So tell me a little bit about what's happening with him. He's a programmer by education. Uh, he was helping at the beginning with the, doing the informational part to block Russian uh, sites in order to destroy their communication. And also he was helping the volunteers, you know, supplying with, uh, providing with humanitarian help or ammunition for the, uh, for the army. He would deliver that. So I know that you have been active here in Canada as well in demonstrations and protests. Tell me a little bit about that. Almost every week there are uh, demonstrations of support for Ukraine in different parts of Canada. I had also an opportunity to participate in one of those uh, demonstrations in Krakow, uh, besides Toronto. This is very, very important, and it's important um, for my country to see the support of all the world, um, support of free democracy in Ukraine. We love Ukraine. Um, we have been praying. We have been fundraising here to help those fleeing the violence, and we pray for a quick end to the war. Thank you so much for coming today to tell your story. I know it wasn't easy, but it's important that people know what ordinary Ukrainians are facing, and we will continue to pray and advocate for all of you. Thank you for the invitation. What an incredible story. Olga's journey is so challenging and yet so inspiring. And throughout all of it, we see the faithfulness of God and we see his presence in her life. You know, Olga's continuing to worry about her son and worry about what is in store for her family. And I know that there are so many people with loved ones across the world right now who are living in war-torn countries or places where there's incredible conflict and violence that is very dangerous. 
And so I can't help but want to pray with you right now. If you have a loved one who is living in an unsafe situation or society in the world right now where there is war, conflict, or violence, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we lift up, God, every single loved one and friend of our listeners who are worried about those they care about living across the world in different places in conflict or war. God, just like Olga's son, Father, who is also living somewhere and he is perhaps unsafe at times, we ask for protection over him. We ask for protection, God, over our listeners, friends, and family and loved ones. God, we ask that you would deliver them from evil, that you would keep them safe, that you would provide for their basic needs of food, clothing, and shelter. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would move in the hearts of neighbors and other people who can care for them and and move them along into places of safety. God, we come against the darkness and the enemy of our souls who would seek to kill and destroy human life. We come against those plans for every person on our hearts now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, there is so much power in prayer, and I want to encourage you to continue to call our prayer partners, 1-866-273-4444. I'll say that again, 1-866-273-4444. They are there to pray with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know, many years ago, I was a prayer partner. 20 years ago, I was a new follower of Jesus, and I got to be part of the prayer center team. What I saw were hearts that were so connected to the movement of God in the world, so rooted in the truth of the Bible, and so loving to others. And that's what I want to offer you as you go throughout your life and perhaps face trials right now, whether you're feeling alone or you're in an unsafe situation or you have loved ones who are in an unsafe situation. And of course, it's always on our hearts to work for peace. As followers of Jesus, I just want to encourage you to be peacemakers, to be people who approach the person who doesn't seem uh, similar to yourself, and to invite neighbors over who speak different languages, or perhaps even um, just completely live out a different code of ethics or morality connected to a world religion they're in, or all of it. Just continue to invite people into your life. Share the love of Jesus with them. Look for moments where you can be a peacemaker, where you can show grace in the face of frustration or love in the face of hatred. And God always moves through our peacemaking. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. And so let us be peacemakers together. I hope these stories of inspiration and God's great movement in people's lives in the world have encouraged you today. And I would continue to tell you, read your word, read the Bible, get into the Bible. It makes all the difference in the world. And in the meantime, God bless you, friend. God keep you in his care. See you soon. Thank you for your ongoing support of Crossroads, a supporter-funded nonprofit organization and member of the Canadian Centre of Christian Charities. Thanks to faithful people like you, we are able to continue producing 100 Huntley Street. You can write to Crossroads, P.O. Box 5100, Burlington, Ontario, L7R4M2, or visit crossroads.ca to learn more about our programs.